0: Thank you for revealing your own secrets today to our audience. They make eminent sense. You just shared with our audience really very insightful and thoughtful ideas about how to think about leader development as a system, leader development as an individualized approach. But typically, we all alternate, as you mentioned earlier, between the roles of leaders and followers, depending on the situation it takes skill to be a good follower. And the question is that are we, as academia, focused on that and uh, thought about to define what are those skills and how to best develop them, even for people who alternate roles between leaders and followers, depending on the situation.
1: So the question is about the concept of followership and the role of followers in the process. I think Steve and I agree that Followers are and should be treated as active in the influence process, not as passive and obedient. They never really are. And so we shouldn't think of them that way. I think if we go back to the definition that uh, leadership is, you know, an influence relationship among leaders and followers, that tells the followers that they have an active role in the process, right? And that they have an influence on how the leader sees the situation, understands the situation, and reacts. They are also engaging with other members of the same team, and that has an influence on how things unfold. And so part of the notion of followership is recognition of the influence that the followers have on the dynamic of the relationship and on the group's outcome. So there is some literature probably about 15 years or so about followership as a concept and I think it's sort of an evolution of the relationship approach to leadership like a heightened attention to the influence relationship among leaders and followers and that has spawned you know examinations of the followers role and so you know this is a critical thing and the literature kind of points out the importance of self-awareness among the followers, their own identities, how they see themselves. Identity is a big issue with a lot of these things, like how do you see yourself? How do you see your role? You know, What is your responsibility here, right? You draw the example of a, a military commander. In that setting, that person has a particular identity and a particular view of what his responsibility is his expectations are, and that reflects on how he behaves, right? But moving into another role, they have a different identity of what they're expected to do and how they should react. Some of the research that I'm personally familiar with is understanding the follower identity. Do the followers think they're expected to be obedient, passive, right? And just sort of take it? Or do they see themselves as active contributing participants in the relationship? And of course, any good relationship, you got to sort out who's expected to do what. That's what I am most familiar with about the research on leadership and followership. So I'm not sure where this sort of conversation ends other than to say, Steve and I, if I could speak for you, Steve, we agree about the importance of active followers in the relationship. And what the literature is starting to point to is appreciating, recognizing and helping followers Appreciate and embrace their roles as such.
2: Yeah, let me jump in a little bit. Let me start by talking about briefly the history of followership work. You know, back in the 60s, I think uh, Ed Hollander talked about the critical role of followers in recognizing a leader, granting legitimacy to the leader. Just because you're appointed to a formal leadership role doesn't mean you can effectively practice leadership. You need the followers who will say, Yes, I will follow you with motive, with energy, right? Mm-hmm. With energy, I will follow you with energy because I see you as an appropriate leader. That's what Hollander introduced that idea and Bob Lord, Robert Lord really expanded on this with leader prototypes of followers having their heads and they evaluate leaders. So that part of the work was made it very clear. You can't have leadership without that follower leadership relationship where the follower agrees to commit effort and energy beyond what's expected to that relationship. And I just said, effort beyond expectation. That was the transformational leadership idea. Uh, The Mm -hmm. title of Bernie Bass's book, that, that was the leadership and performance beyond expectation. When you look at the major leadership theories over the last, I think we're talking 30 years now, for example, transformational leadership, which was about empowering followers. LMX, leader member exchange quality, which was about creating a high-quality relationship where followers are given more autonomy. Autonomy to do what? To make decisions, to make contributions, to get involved. Even servant leadership, which has come on strong, even though it was introduced in the 70s, has come on strong over the last 10, 15 years, where the role of the leader is to help grow the followers and their leadership capacities. So a lot of more recent leadership theories, I say recent, last 30 years, I guess that's not so recent, but it's really about fostering followers, engaging in at least informal leadership, empowering them, giving them voice. So that means two different things. Followership skills do involve when to step up and when to engage in leadership activities. A leadership skill is how to foster that. So we talk a lot about the whole notion of psychological safety, which was introduced by Amy Edmondson in 1998. And Google did a big study that was published about six, five, six years ago, touting the importance of psychological safety for innovation, right? And for contributions. What that involves is the leader giving voice to subordinates in a way that's safe for them, followers is safe for them to make contributions. So I think we have a much more complex understanding of what followership is, at least from the perspective of stepping into leadership activities at times and creating a much more network to post the leadership. But I also want to keep, jump off of some more of what Ron said. There are particular followership skills. So if you don't see the follower as a passive recipient, of leader influence, how do you then look at the follower in terms of managing that relationship? So when I'm working with executives, I see the eyes light up when I use the term. And it's not my term. It's in the literature. Skills in managing up. So how do you manage your manager? When I get asked this question, I suggest they have that conversation that revolves around the question or the comment, help me help you. You know, my job is to help my supervisor, my boss, my leader accomplish what they set out to do. How best can I do that? And let's have that conversation. And let's talk about the best ways that could happen. That's that managing up skill. So teaching followers and working with followers in terms of how they can manage up is a big part of this. And helping to construct, you know, social psychologists talk about relationships being constructed. That's such a big deal. And that's in the leadership literature too. How do you construct the leadership-follower relationship from the viewpoint of the follower? I think that's a critical point that leaders need to be thinking about, as well as followers, as well
1: as several of us who are in the business of leadership development and fostering effective leadership.